All right, y'all, welcome back. Welcome back here to another episode of the Easy Money Sports Podcast. Of course, me, myself, as always, Sanders here. Got my guy Dupree with me. What's going on, baby? What's going on? How you doing? Man, can't complain, bro. Finally made it through January. <laughs> I feel like I feel like January was slick a long month, bro. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Okay, kind of went by still a little fast, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I feel like January was a long month. It uh, it almost got to the point where it almost wired as welcome. <laughs> it was like it's long. It's, it's thirty-one days, boy. Hey, January thirty-one days. That's you starting the year off right. Thirty-one, <laughs> boy. Yeah, for real, man. man. Now we now we're here into a new month, February. Mm-hmm. Happy Black History Month. You know, gotta get that out there for sure. You oh, know what I'm saying? Real quick. Got to, got to, <laughs> man. But uh going into this new month now, we're winding it down here in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh we just got done seeing um, you know, championship Sunday and uh <laughs> two two really, you know. Crazy games when you think about yeah. it from even the outcome is just the way that it played. Um uh, of course now heading into the to the offseason for the most part for a lot of teams. Now we're down to our last two teams. Uh Pro Bowl's coming up, coaching vacancies is now filled. Uh we're just turning over a new leaf there in mm-hmm. the NFL and in and, and, and now in the NBA, uh, as we get through the halfway point from there. Just found out who the reserves are for so the All Star team is now complete, mm-hmm. uh, and the trade deadline is next Thursday. So the rumors and the talks is heating up. Is getting as we get closer and closer, man. So uh, a lot to get into in this episode, man. But we're gonna start over in the NFL. Um, looking over as I mentioned with all the uh, with all the coaching vacancies and also. Uh, recapping a little bit with Championship Sunday. And we'll start off there with the games, man. I mean, you know, the AFC, NFC Championship was wild in its own rights for both games. Yeah. Uh, start over in the AFC, uh, <laughs> once again, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, find a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17-10 victory over the Baltimore Ravens and now going back uh, to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. <laughs> um Crazy, right? Pat Mahomes, seven years in the league, six years as a starter, six straight in the AFC Championship games. Now getting a chance to go back to the Super Bowl to to defend their title, mm-hmm. um, uh, and you know, and they did it in a, a fashion that you never kind of really haven't seen them do it before, right? You know, really kind of hung their hat on really the defense, like the offense, yeah. you know. Didn't you know? wasn't the juggernaut that we were used to being to seeing, and wasn't a lot of flashiness and everything like that. Um, and then just the way that I guess you could say maybe even the game plan or just how the game went for the Baltimore Ravens had a lot of people scratching their heads. Man, um, what was once everything went down? What was your viewpoint of how you saw like the game was going and just? how it worked out in Kansas City favor and what went wrong really for Baltimore. At first, I was surprised at how effective Kansas City was in that first half, especially um, the connection between Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. They they just they didn't skip a beat. Um, they really didn't 
neutralize that matchup or that connection. Uh, Baltimore didn't on defense and jumped out to that lead. I think that in totality, obviously in the second half, the defense stepped up and they did their thing. They made adjustments. Kyle Hamilton started um, playing like the, the player that we believe him to be like the pro bowler that he is. He's a hell of a football player. He's definitely a guy um, because of his size and his length being as tall as he is and as big as he is. He's, he's able to check guys like Travis Kelsey. He's able to check some, some, uh, some slot guys. He's able to come down in the box and, and blitz and help stop and run things like that. So in that second half, man, the defense answered the bell. In the, in the second half, the defense answered the bell and held to a goose egg. I mean, they didn't, the Chiefs did not score in that second half. I think that offensively for the Ravens, I think they were pressing too much. I think they were hunting the big play, especially Lamar. I think he was hunting the big play a little bit too much. And I think the past two weeks, the Bills and the Ravens have let Kansas City off the hook. Now, let's give credit where credit is due. Kansas City's defense is very, very good. This is the best Kansas City defense that we've seen in this Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes era. This is the best defense that they've had on this team since those guys have been there. But the Bills were able to run the football effectively on Kansas City in that first half in that divisional round game, and they stopped. It seemed like Baltimore didn't even try to run the football this past Sunday. And that's what they do. Like, Lamar has gotten better as a passer, no doubt. He's gotten better as a passer with everything, pocket presence, keeping his eyes down uh, downfield when he's scrambling, all the things. But Baltimore hangs their hat on being able to run the football with the running backs and with Lamar Jackson. And teams have let Kansas City off the hook with the Bills being effective and then stopping, and then Baltimore just not trying to run the ball. I feel like teams try to get into, okay, we're playing Kansas City, playing Patrick Mahomes, and we have to throw the ball a million times to be able to match that. No, just play your game. Play your game. And I don't think that Baltimore did that. I don't think they did that all game. And then, obviously, um, you just had some bonehead mistakes. I mean, Zay Flowers catches that deep ball. Uh, on the sideline going into the end zone, he gets up, he taunts the guy. He stands over him, spins the ball on taunting. And then, obviously, the one that everybody's talking about, catch the, he catches that pass and dives into the end zone, extends the ball, and it gets punched out. There's a lot of coaches that saw that and sent that to their players. Like, this is why we say do not extend the ball over the goal line. Do not extend the ball. Because if he didn't do that, he would have scored anyways. Like, he did not have to extend the football. He was going to score. He was going to score. Um, and, that, and and then the interception um, in the triple coverage, really double coverage, that turned into triple coverage on Isaiah Likely. I think those are just plays where they were forcing it. They were pressing, trying to make a play, um, and it kind of got them out of their game. They just seemed flustered from, from the start. And Kansas City, um, especially that defense, was able to neutralize them, holding the 10 points. And – that's all. All they needed was seventeen. All they needed was seventeen. That was the. If you had told me that the score was seventeen to ten, I would have told you that Baltimore won. 
Right. I was told you about Baltimore won. Um, so it shocked me. It shocked me. I didn't expect that. Um, it's tough, man, because the defense played well. They didn't play up to their standard in that first half, but the defense played well. And you know, all you need is one play. All you need is one play to change the momentum, and they just couldn't find it. Anytime they, they hit a play, something something happened. So um, definitely disappointing for Baltimore. Um, and then it speaks to that championship medal, that championship pedigree that, that's in Kansas City right now. Like you said, they're four Super Bowl in five years, going have a, having a chance to defend and go back to back. I mean, they they did it. Everybody, including myself, I got to give them credit because I had questions if they could do it on the road. Could they go on the road and win games in the playoff? And, and, and they've done it. They've done it. So kudos, kudos to to the Kansas City Chiefs. But the, this was that was a tough game to watch for for Baltimore fans. Yeah, um, I I agree with you. I think what also, like you said, what went wrong for Baltimore trying to find their big plays because they got one earlier in the game, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the the Zay Flowers touchdown was a big play, especially the fact that you know they went down and matched it right when we we saw Kansas City go march seventy five yards that first drive with ease. So you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, which you see that, and in a way, you're kind of thinking, okay we're going to have to match these guys now, you know, and, and everything yeah. like that. But, um, you know, only running the ball 16 times and the fact that, you know, don't get me wrong, we know how great of a rusher Lamar Jackson is, but to a certain extent, he can't be like your leading rusher. I don't mind him. Maybe he, and there was times where he was in the pocket and he could have ran the ball more. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, the fact that you have two of your running backs back there and they combine for six carries, the way that they just abandoned the run like that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, don't get me wrong. It, it, to a certain extent, maybe when it was for them trying to do that, when they were trying to run the ball, maybe it was a little bit hard for them to run it on Kansas City, you mm-hmm. know, because Kansas City played such a, a – a fantastic game on defense because they probably was expecting the run because they just got gashed for like what one seventy five, one eighty in the divisional yes. round to, <laughs> to to Buffalo. So it was mm-hmm. you had to know that like this was coming. It was like well, it was like well, well damn if 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 Buffalo can get one eighty, Baltimore can miss around, you know <laughs> and get yeah. that too. You get or get close to that or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure why they why. Todd Munkin and, and those guys abandoned the run like that, especially the fact that, in a way, the game never really got out of hand. I mean, yeah, once it got up to 10 points at one at one point in time, but literally, like you mentioned, the Ravens' defense shut out Kansas City that whole second half. They got nothing. Mm-hmm. So it was like we were still in the game, so why are we having to need to throw the ball this yeah. many times, you know? So it's just I don't know, <clears throat> kind of weird to me that Buff uh, Baltimore just abandoned the run like that. Um, and like you said, the, the penalties hurt them too. Um, yeah. Me personally, I I'm not a fan of the of the the taunting the taunting flags. I feel like you know, to me, I feel like that's a sign of sportsmanship. Let's talk a little trash, but I get it. 
Yeah. It's it's the rules is the rules and you have to you have to do what you have to deal with. They had a, and I think on defense they had a couple of fifteen yard penalties too that kind of extended mm-hmm. some drives for Kansas City. So they were chirping. They were out yeah. there chirping. Yeah. So you can kind of mean it's it's hard to try to discredit Kansas City because they did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. But you can't you can't really ignore the fact that if you think, well, dang it, but if if Baltimore doesn't do this, if they don't do that, if they don't do that, this could be the outcome of this game could be something totally different. But I mean, you gotta give Kansas City all the credit in the world. I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact that like I said, they they kinda got this done with doing all their scoring in the first half and not anything else afterwards and it wasn't, you know, real flashy. Pat Mahomes going down the field and just really just slinging it. I mean, he was efficient mm-hmm. with it. You know, he was efficient with throwing the ball, but I don't even think he even clipped I don't even think he even clipped two fifty passing yards. I think he got like two forty maybe. So he was close to two forty, two forty one. But uh I mean the fact that they was doing it, but it seemed like <laughs> like just him and Travis Kelsey just when that they needed the most, tough, man. when they needed yeah. the most, I mean, 11 catches. I think he had 11 catches for like 126 or 116, something like that, um, mm. that he had. So it's just the fact that it's crazy. You know he's out there and you know he's going to get the ball, but for some reason they just can't stop it. I, just, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's just, with that's, just, that's just wild to me, right? So – now looking forward for like both teams, right? I mean, for for Kansas City, I mean, let's just let's just be real, right? I just think to me, no matter what happens, I think whatever happens in a couple of weeks from now will magnify some more. But for me, Pat Mahomes is going up like this as far as like all time and where you're ranking them because it's kind of like. You know, it's kind of like, all right, yeah, he's he's got these two Super Bowl rings, but I'm like, he ain't never played a role playoff game, right? He's always been at home, always been mm-hmm. at home, always been at home. All right, this year, e- you know, even 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 last year, right, we were kind of like, all right, no Tyreek Hill, like how they're going to do, right? But the receivers were making plays. Everybody were making plays. They were running the ball, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. right? All right, so then we come back this year, and it's honestly, it's worse, right? Like, it's kind of almost the same guys that they had, but it's worse. No one is really consistently productive um, besides uh, uh, Rice as the season went along and outside of Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey. So it's just kind of like nobody else has been consistently productive. And you were thinking, okay, eventually this is going to catch up to them. And it's just crazy <laughs> that here they are again going back to the Super Bowl. And I just think that just grows the legend of Pat Mahomes even more. Now I know a lot of guys have been sitting there wanting to say this is this is the best ever and everything like that. I'm not ready to give them to him that yet, but this got to be his. Like I said, regardless of what happens on the 11th, this has to be probably this has to be his greatest playoff run that he's ever ever done. Now it is because we didn't know if he could do it on the road, and he's done it. He's done it. So that definitely just takes out that box. I'm not going as far. Everybody that's going as far as it, he's the best ever and stuff like that. Like, let's, 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 let's pump the brakes just a little bit. All right. Let's pump the brakes just a little bit. All right. There is a man out there that won seven Super Bowls. Like, as much as maybe, you know, 
one of those hurts. The man won seven Super Bowls. Let's calm down. All right. Let's let's let's, let's take a chill pill. Now, there's I mean, Patrick Mahomes is great. Like, and, uh, let me make sure I say that. Cause I don't want anybody thinking that I'm saying that he's not great. Right. But to say that he's the GOAT with two rings and there's somebody that's out there that has seven. I mean, there are dudes out there that have four. They have five. Like, quarters have four or five. He has, Tom Brady has seven. Like, let's, you know, he's early in his career. Do I think he's going to get seven? I don't know. The pace that he's going at, making the AFC Championship games, maybe. But there's going to, I mean, there will be some roadblocks. Um, I mean, Josh Allen hasn't proven to be a roadblock right now, but Joe Burrow has. Joe Burrow has beaten him in Kansas City before. Um, I think that now that Justin Herbert has a competent coach in L.A., and we'll talk about that in a minute, that he'll be able to make some noise too. So, you know, there'll be some, there'll definitely be, I think there'll be more parity than what people um, are willing to acknowledge. But he's, I mean, it's impressive to see what, what Kansas City has done, especially from where they started the season to where they are now. Because at the beginning of the season, if you told me the way the offense was operating, that they would be in the Super Bowl, I would look at you and told you you're crazy. And I wouldn't care who the quarterback was because they couldn't catch a cold out there. So the fact that they're here now and they've seemed to have gotten over some of those um, troubles that they had early in the year, and it's impressive. Now, we're going to see if that continues because, you know, sometimes in big moments, sometimes those, those deficiencies start to rear their ugly head. But so far, man, they've, they've, they've balled out and they played their best ball when they needed to. So shout out to Kansas City. Yeah, I, right there with you. I don't think TBE can't put them there yet. But amongst his peers – like now, yeah, I think he's widening the gap. You know, like no, no, it's, no, no. I agree, I agree. you know, like it's I could, yeah. like yeah, it's like Mahomes is like I, I I can't even put it on the screen. It's him, <laughs> and then there's the, there's a gap, there's a gap, there's a gap, there's a gap. Burrow, because Burrow the only one to get him. The, the two years, the two years, yeah. yeah, the 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 two years that he has been, he being Joe Burrow has been healthy. Cincinnati has made it to the champions, the conference championship game. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that means something. I like I have to give I give it a ding just because, you know, obviously the other the other years he hasn't been healthy and available enough to play. So and it's him and then there's another little gap and then there's really mm-hmm. everybody else. I I can't even I don't even know where you want to group everybody else. But yes, he's widened the gap for sure amongst yeah. his peers. But T B E TBD. So <laughs> that's it. We'll, we'll we'll figure that out. But then you look on the Baltimore side. You got to think, right? This was probably the best team. Well, no, probably this was the best team that they put around Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, he had the mm-hmm. weapons. Ricky wide receiver and Zay Flowers brought in the veteran presence of Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, the, the the running game that they had, right? A healthy offensive line on the defensive side of the ball. We know what they have over there. Yeah. Like what? What is it that they can do, or what needs to be improved on for them to now know which 
with Lamar, they finally got into the AFC Championship game. Now, what is the next thing to be in that in, to get over that hump to where, like I mentioned on the last episode, to where he's when they had these conversations among great quarterbacks. And they're trying to compare him, like, who's going to be Brady? Who's going to be Manny? Who's going to be mm-hmm. Big Ben? Who's Phillip River? You know, who's yeah. who's this? Where to where he isn't, where he can be more maybe either Big Ben or Peyton and not Phillip Rivers. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I could think of right off the top is a – Maybe a true, true number one receiver. I still don't think they have a true number one receiver. I don't think Zay Flowers is a true number one guy. I know they dropped him in that first round. So you're thinking that he's going to be that guy. He might, he might turn out to be. But I don't know if he's a true number one receiver. Outside of that, man, they didn't have a lot of holes. They just didn't. They didn't, they didn't have a lot of holes. I just think they chose the wrong time to play one of their worst games offensively. And really, that's a team, but offensively, I think they just chose the wrong Sunday to play bad offensively. On defense, they got their front seven. It's one of the best front sevens in the league. Their, line, their linebacker tandem between Roquan, uh, Roquan Davis and, and uh, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, excuse me. Roquan Smith and, and Patrick Queen, that's one of the if not the top linebacker duo, that's the second best linebacker duo in the league. Marcus Williams, Kyle, uh, Kyle Williams, or Kyle Hamilton. I'm all jacked up. Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, Marlon Humphrey. Like that's secondary. Like I don't, I don't know where the holes are at, man. Like to be honest with you, they can do a lot of th- different things on defense. They can move Kyle Hamilton down. They can move put, put him in a slide, let him blitz, get in the box, play linebacker. Like they can do a lot of different stuff, man. So I don't I. I, I think that I think that they needed to have this experience of getting there and and feeling that, and and then they'll be able to to use experience in 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 the future. Um, I mean, Kansas City had to do it. They got there and ran into Tom Brady, and that's that. Now, am I saying that they're going to go on a run like Kansas City has been going on? No, I'm not saying that, but. As presently constructed, they do not have a lot of holes. Um, I would say maybe, like I said, number one receiver. If you want to do something, they've always been kind of running back by committee. Um, but if you wanted to find maybe a running back, like a, a real deal bell cow, but I think that their running back by committee has always bode well for them. So um, I just think they got to get over it. I think they have the squad to do it. But, you know, young team trying to figure it out, haven't really been there first time hosting the conference championship game, like all the things that went into that game. Um, I think just they, they felt the pressure and they, and they, they tightened up. They tightened up. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, there, there isn't really any glaring holes. It was just like, they need to immediately feel this and, you know, it'll work. Cause to to you know, depending on maybe who you talk to for for some Raven fans, they may feel like you know, hey, Zay Flowers is our wide receiver one. Maybe we don't need yeah. you know, as far as the wide receiver one, maybe we need somebody to fill in to be like that wide receiver two or that that slot guy. But uh, you know, who knows, right? I mean, Nate 
miss time with Mark Andrews not being out there for, yeah. for you know the the injury and him trying to come back. I mean, you know he you know didn't have much of a impact out there as maybe he would have liked to have. So you know I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I could think of for real. They just they just got to come back with a vengeance. I mean, that's that's it. Like <laughs> that's you really be about able, it, man. You got to run it back, man. Run it back and and come back hungrier. Come back hungry. And, they're they're, they're going to be one of the best teams in the league again next year. Like, I mean. Yeah. And, and then back. I guess, and then I guess is just try to, I guess, to figure out who's going to be their, their new defensive coordinator as well. So. I saw that they, 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 uh, John Harbaugh, Zach Orr is his name. He was the inside okay. linebackers coach. He promoted gotcha. him to D.C. Gotcha. I believe his name is Zach Orr. Zach cool. Orr. So, you know, the hire is in-house. So probably not much is going to change, if anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's about all they really have to do is just 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 run it back. I mean, <laughs> I think, yeah, just run it back and just kind of come, just come to Avengers, man. Know that they left a lot of opportunity out there this past mm-hmm. Sunday, and it's and it's unfinished business for them for sure. But I mean, I hope I hope that they don't press it too hard because I think yeah. to me that's what happened with uh, Cincinnati this year I feel like they pressed it too hard injuries happened mm-hmm. people went down and then it was just like boom didn't even make it right so I mean you know come back with Avengers but let's not try not to press it too hard because that's when things can really go by the wayside for sure but that was over there in the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game was <laughs> I mean, you want to, you want to talk about ebbs and flows, man? You would have thought at, at one point. <laughs> at one point, I was sitting up here thinking, "Is the last game of the season going to end up being the this, the rematch of the first game of the season? Like, is this really going to happen? Like, no, are we going to have I mean, Lions Chiefs for real? Again. Like again to end the season as it started? I was like, that was going to be crazy because I was going to think, like, man, I've never. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that happening, mm-hmm. like to bookend it that way. I mean, I know we've seen like rematches of teams Ooh, playing each other in the regular yeah. season and they end up meeting back in the Super Bowl, but to bookend it like that would have been like crazy, right? And I oh, mean, yeah. you look up, Detroit is up 24 to 7, and it's just, you're thinking, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And then my, my, my next thing I'm thinking about was, Man, y'all gotta apologize to Cam Newton, bro. He he about to he about to strike another one down. He not already hit Dak. He did not already get. It. I'm about to say he, he struck to. another one down. Y'all gonna have to apologize to Cam Newton, man. But mm-hmm. then before you know it, it's 24 to 10, and it's 24 to 17, and it's 24 apiece, and then it's 31 to 24. It was just in. Freaking insane the way that the 49ers came back and ended up getting a 34-31 victory over the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, to address the elephant in the room, the Dan Campbell going forth on, on, on fourth down a couple of times, and uh, they failed to make him. And uh, as you being the coach, right, and, and I'll say this as a – like just watching it like as a fan, part of the fan, part of coach, right, so – I know looking at it, it's easy to say, well, damn, why didn't the Lions take the points? You know, it was fourth mm-hmm. and two. Uh, you know, I forgot. The, I think the other one was like a fourth and five or fourth and seven. I'm not sure. And they were in field goal range for both mm-hmm. of them. Um, 
And I, I would say to me, like, it's, at that time, it's easy to say, well, he'll take the points. But in reality, those points aren't guaranteed either. Isn't yeah. <laughs> I mean, You're you still right. have to – they still have to – the kicker still has to kick the field goal and make the field goal. Uh, and then on top of that, it's kind of like, well, that's the way Dan Campbell has coached all year. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like – at that point, do you want him to do something differently? Like, I guess what I want to ask is, in that moment, if you had the, the the choice to make right there, would you would have on either one of those four downs, would you have taken the points, or would you have done the same thing that Dan Campbell did and say, "Hell, we've been going for it all year, guys. I trust you. I believe in you. Let's let's go do it again." Yeah. First, I can respect. I can respect the coach and I can respect Dan Campbell for what he did because this is something, this isn't something that we made it to the NFC championship game. And now all of a sudden you just going forward and forth down. He's been aggressive and he's been doing this all year. So I can respect the coach for going out on his shield and saying, I'm not going to coach any differently. This is what we've been doing. So here we go. Buckle up. We go forward and forth down. Well, let's do it. Having said that, I would have kicked that second field goal. The first one, I do not have a problem with. I do not have a problem with him not kicking that first one. It was third quarter, kind of middle of third quarter. It would have made it a a three-score game. I don't have a problem with him doing that. That second one, though, when it's it's 24-27, you need to kick that field goal. You need to kick that field goal to tie that ball game up. There's There's... There's no way I'm going for that one. I, I got to try to tie this ball game up because of the momentum and the role that San Francisco was on. When you don't convert that fourth down, that football game is basically over. That game is over. San Francisco had been rolling so well on offense and had caught so many breaks as well on offense that you catch all these different things that have happened that you needed something to break that momentum. You needed something to give some type of life to your squad, especially to that defense. And to go for it, not get it, give the ball right back to San Fran, go down, and they score again, that's tough. That's a backbreaker. That's a backbreaker. So I would have kicked that second one, but once again, I respect Dan Campbell for, for, for going for going out on the shield. But you you gotta you gotta kick that at least that second field goal. If not both of them, you at least gotta kick that second one. I, I, you have to. You gotta find a way to stop the bleeding. You got to. Um, and I mean, it, would they have won the game? I don't know. But it it might have it might have. No, that's not what cost them the game. That's not what cost them the game. I know what cost them the game. I'm not gonna say his full name, but somebody that we know. Brashawn cost him the game. Brashawn cost him the game. All my Detroit Lions fans, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to put my boys out, my boy, full government out there. Yikes. But <laughs> he cost y'all the game. He cost the Detroit Lions the football game. Casey just left well enough alone. For context, let's 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 go down memory lane, shall we? Saying this, sure. It's halftime. 
Yeah. Half time of the NFC Championship game. And the Detroit Lions are up 24 to 7. Mm-hmm. Up 24 to 7. And he's hyping the group. Talking talking to the Goonies. He's hyping the group. And he sends a text that says, one more half to go. Can't pull the Falcons in the Super Bowl collapse. I saw the message. I saw it. I chose not to respond. You, along with Bruce, both of y'all decided to respond. One of which, one of you, I don't know who, but one of you asked, was that necessary? I think it was Bruce. Like, that was, was Bruce. that even necessary? Was that even necessary? Because it wasn't. Because we Bruce, had. Bruce, Bruce basically went 50 cent on. He was like, we say fuck me for it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly. What do we do we to had, y'all? We had, no, there was no reason for him to say that. There was no reason for him to bring us up in that conversation. The Falcons literally have nothing to do with that game on Sunday night. And guess what they did? They went out there and blew a 24-7 lead in the NFC Championship game. So, if there's anybody to blame, I know the person. If you want to know, <laughs> if you want to know who that is, you can ask. But I know who, who cost the game for the Detroit Lions. And he, he, he can only be mad at himself. That's it. Maybe if he's left well enough alone, they'll be playing next weekend. But he just couldn't help himself. So, hey, you know, sometimes you got to know when to shut up, especially when your team, no disrespect to Detroit, but when your team has been as bad as the Lions have been, sometimes you just got to. But, yeah, you you got to kick one of the field goals. You got to kick one of them. I think the second one you definitely got to kick. You got definitely got to kick that second one. For yourself, I know, like, for me, like, right initially, I was like, damn, take the points, you know, just because, like, don't get me wrong, like, yes, I know you've been aggressive, but I'm like, God, leave, you take the points instead of it, you know, now we're talking about 27 to 10 or 27 to 7, whatever it would have been yep. at that point. Like, now you're kind of feeling like, hey, you know, whatever. And it's just like, but. I also get it to where you don't take the points just because, like I said, that's how aggressive you've been. I don't mind it. Josh Reynolds make that catch on fourth and two. Who knows, right? I mean, if he makes the catch, if he yeah, just he, makes the make, yeah. if he just makes the catch, right? Man, this this is a different story. Now we're now we're we're we're, we're sitting up here, which in a way we still are, but like we even giving more a higher praise of. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell gambling it out there, you know. I think looking back on it now, I would have still took one of those. I would have, I agree with you. One of those, I would have kicked it. I probably would have took the first one just because okay. it would have been short. It would have been shorter. I think on the second one, it would have been like a 47, 48 like, yard. Like 48 yard. So near 50. So that's kind of. For uh, Badgley, for some reason, that's kind of a long field goal for him, and he's not that great as far as distance-wise to go with it. So I just I, – I maybe I understand that was just a little bit, but, mm-hmm. I mean, we – think about it, y'all. We, we we watched on national television that man go for two-point two tries three different times. So I mean, three times in a row. When he should have <laughs> took the extra point then, so it was just kind of like – 
Yeah, you know, he was That's just really, like, yeah. it's like what they were saying on, 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 on Twitter, man. They was like, he had 20 on Blackjack, and he kept saying, hit me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he had it, you know, but. He's talking about, yeah, let me, let me get yeah, that. He, <laughs> yeah, he had it, but, you know, it's just like, I, you know, I don't know, man, but, I mean, I think hindsight is easy to say take the points because that's just mm-hmm. that's just what it is. But I kind of I don't blame him for for going for it because I mean if he if Josh Reynolds makes makes that catch if he makes that catch one time that was on third down I think that he mm-hmm. easily drop. You know, Jameer Gibbs has a fumble uh, that like you said the IU pass that happened that really should have been intercepted. Mm-hmm. It's just I mean a lot of things just started to. Sports psychology is really the only thing I can I can really yeah. think about, right? That's that's it's just the way that it just went and how Big Mo just left from left from Motown and went all the way over to the bay, <laughs> like yeah. like Literally. that. It was just it was just crazy. It was it, I mean it was just crazy, and you just kind of you see those type of plays, and it just happens that way, and it's just like man, it's wild. But I mean, on the on the flip side of it, though, man, for for San Francisco, you got to give them their credit for hanging on in there because there's a lot mm-hmm. of teams who, you know, down twenty four to seven, you're kind of thinking, man, how are we gonna get back in this? Yeah. You know, we haven't really been able to stop them all night. We we can't get nothing going offensively the way we want to, and everything like that. And it's just they just had a couple plays that end up finally going their way, and it's just. It just took off, right? And it, and it's funny. One of the plays that uh, I saw that virally that everyone was talking about was the first Christian McCaffrey touchdown. Mm. So apparently they were supposed to send an, another that one of the tight ends. I can't remember which tight end it was. Was supposed to go back in motion. Brock Purdy tells him not to do it because the play clock is running out. They weren't gonna have time to get them back over mm. there. They were, and they just they just run the play and. Boom, big, big gaping hole for McCaffrey. He takes it down for a big touchdown, right? It's just crazy how, like, that split second of things happening and it goes one way or another. Uh, You know, we talking about a team that was trying to get over the hump here, right? Like, San Francisco has been in, I think, you know, four to like three to four pass NFC championship games. Mm -hmm. They've had not been able to get there a couple of times themselves um, here recently. And, just talk about the way that they just kept fighting through this one. Really, a, a lot of teams being down like that probably would have, I don't want to say packed it in, but it would have been like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. I think they said that, though. I think they said that to start this game. Like, what is going on? Um, it just speaks to a, a will and a want to, to win a game, the fight that they had to go in win a football game, not not giving in, not giving up, and continuing to battle um, to win this game. San Francisco did not play well at all in that first half. And really, really, I'm talking about the defense. I mean, I get it. They couldn't get anything going on offense. But, Lord, I, I don't know if the past two weeks between Green Bay and Detroit, I don't know if I've seen San Francisco defense look this bad, especially against the run. The fact that Teams were able to run the ball. If you like, think about that first touchdown, the the reverse with with Jamison Williams. I mean, it's like, when have you ever seen the San Francisco defense recently with all these dudes give up a play like that? Like, you don't right. see that happen. Um, and so, once again, it's kind of similar to the to the the first game with Baltimore's defense. 
San Francisco defense finally woke up, stood up, was like, we're not going for this. This ends right now. Like, this ends right now. And sometimes you got to get left. You got to have a couple breaks. And like, you play with a break. That play you speak about with, with the Christian McCaffrey turns on, like, they had a couple breaks, a couple plays go their way. And we had the momentum, man, especially at home. We had that momentum going like that. Sometimes it's hard and it just snowballs. Like, it just snowballs. And it's almost like you can do no wrong. And we got to give credit to Brock Purdy. We got to give credit to Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy did some things in that game that we have not seen him do. We have not seen Brock Purdy run the football the way he did on Sunday. He used his legs, and he, to me, was the catalyst for the 49ers of, I am laying it all out here to win this game. I'm putting everything that I have on the line to win this football game. I don't know the last time I've seen Brock Purdy take off and run at all. I don't know the last time I've seen him take off and run. And he took off four times and got four big chunk plays that helped set up San Francisco four touchdowns on those drives. He led it. And everybody followed, and they're going to the Super Bowl. They, in that second half, they looked like the team that we all saw when they did Dallas greasy, when they did Philly greasy. Like, that second half team, that was the team was like, okay, I don't know who in the NFC is going to mess with that. Because if they show up like that, it's over. Like, no one is – the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, and they are. And they're back. And like you said, they've been knocking on the door. You, they, you know, you lose a tough one, tough one last year to Philly. You don't have a quarterback. And then a couple of years ago, you lose to your divisional, your divisional rival. You lose to the, to the Rams a couple of years ago. Like they, they, they caught some, some tough breaks. So, um, it's good, it's good to see them get over the hump. And it's good to see them be the team that we saw them be earlier in the year. Yeah, most definitely, man. So, congratulations to them. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Um, Super Bowl set, Super Bowl 58, February 11th. Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. Should be a good one. Um, I know most of America ain't happy about the matchup, but, I mean, these are two great teams. Oh, yeah. It it is what it is. I I can't see how you would be upset with that. Um, Meanwhile, while those two teams are getting ready (laughs) for the Super Bowl here, all the other teams are already been prepping and getting ready for next year, um, heading into the offseason and everything like that. There were eight um, coaching vacancies. They have now all been filled. Uh, over in the AFC, we have the Chargers. They have now – they have uh, Coach Harbaugh, uh, mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh there now in L.A. Uh, the Raiders took the interim tag off of Antonio Pierce – Made him the the permanent head coach. Um, the New England Patriots, they have Gerard Mayo, who's been on the, the, the staff there mm-hmm. in New England, former player in New England. So they they kept theirs pretty much in-house. Um, the Titans bring over former Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Um, and he got introduced not too long ago down here in Nashville. Um, and then over in the NFC, you had the Panthers uh, with uh, Dave Canellis, a former uh, offensive coordinator mm-hmm. for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, um, surprisingly for everybody, for the most part, going with Raheem Morris, uh, the, who's been the defensive coordinator the past couple of years in, in L.A. with the Rams. 
Um, mm-hmm. And the Seahawks and the Commanders uh, both recently here just filled their spots. Um, Mike McDonald, former uh, Ravens defensive coordinator and uh, former Cowboys coordinator, defense coordinator, and former Atlanta Falcons head coach Dan Quinn is now in Washington with the Commanders. Uh, man, real quick, which which hire to you what caught you by surprise or made a big splash? And which one kind of got you like, well, I don't know about this one. <laughs> The the one that's kind of got me scratching my head would probably be the Carolina Panthers hiring the the OC. I can't what what's my man's name again? You just I think it's a, uh, uh, Dave Canellas, maybe. Dave Canellas, yeah. yeah. Didn't really hear that name a whole lot in 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 circulation. Um, we're going around looking for head coaches. Um, they go with another offensive guy. I think they did Frank Wright dirty. That's my opinion. I think you hired a guy to develop a quarterback and then you didn't let him draft the quarterback that he wanted. And whatever. Yeah. Um, But that one kind of, that one shocked me. I I wouldn't, that wasn't a name of a guy that was kind of like, yeah, this is, you know, he's one of the next up and coming deals and he might be a great coach. I don't know. And obviously, Tampa Bay, they made the playoffs, won the NFC South and everything. So, he got – Baker Mayfield looked good, especially towards the end of the year. So, you never know. Um, but he's got a tough job going on here to Carolina. Come, well, coming here to Carolina because uh, they got some – they have some issues that they got to get taken care of. Um, I don't know if it – I guess it did surprise me. It surprised me, and I'm happy that the Las Vegas Raiders – hired Antonio Pierce and took that interim tag off. I think that they learned from their mistakes. They let Rich Bisaccia leave after he got them into the playoffs after the whole John Gruden fiasco and they let him walk out the door. Um, No one has gotten the Las Vegas Raiders to play harder since they've been in Vegas than Antonio Pierce. They were like a completely different team with him as the head coach. So the fact that, you know, Mark Davis was able to see that and they were able to recognize that and be like, okay, we might have our guy. I'm glad that Antonio Pierce is getting the shot because I think he's going to do a great job. I think he has a good pulse on that team. I think they want to play for him. They, they all love and appreciate and want to play for him. And when you have a group of guys that want to play for their coach, it ain't too much that they won't do for him. Um, but the one that surprised me was Raheem Morris in Atlanta. I did not see that coming. I was highly, highly, highly afraid that they were going to hire Bill Belichick. I did not want Bill Belichick in Atlanta. I know some people, you know, greatest coach ever, this time the third, blase, blase, blase. We need a young coach in Atlanta. We need a young coach in Atlanta. And I know Raheem Morris, he was the head coach in Tampa Bay. He had a great track record when he was there. Younger, it was his first head coaching job. I believe that he is going to learn from that. And when you listen to his contemporaries talk about him, when you listen to Shami Vey talk about him, when you listen to the other coach on that staff talk about him, when you listen to the players that he's coached talk about Raheem Morris, 
he seems like the type of guy that I would want to play for. He seems like the type of guy that a lot of guys would want to play for. I think he gets it. I think he understands. Um, he'll be able to get the post of the team. Um, he's a great defensive mind. He's been on both sides of football. He's been a, on the offensive side and defensive side, coach receivers on one side, D coordinator on the other. Um, he knows Atlanta. He knows the NFC South from coaching in Atlanta, from being the head coach at Tampa Bay. Um, and I don't think it hurt that we got a black coach in Atlanta. That's the first time. It's the first time that that's happened. And I think that he is the guy for the job. So I was definitely surprised that Raheem Morris got the job in Atlanta. I was, that was not the moment. In talks with the job for the Falcons. I am, I am excited. I am excited. So the Carolina Panthers win that. That had me kind of thinking, trying to figure out what that was. And then the the Falcons, the Falcons hiring Raheem Morris. Yeah, for me, uh, the one that has me kind of scratching my head right now uh, is actually with the Commanders and, and Dan Quinn. Okay. Uh, not saying that Dan Quinn doesn't deserve to get another shot um, <clears throat> just because he he has done pretty well in Dallas being their defensive coordinator. I was just shocked that he decided to go with Washington. And, you know, obviously that was, you know, the the – the last spot mm-hmm. there, so it is what it is. I thought yeah, maybe he tried to find a, find his way back to Seattle. Um, you know, partner yeah. back up with Pete Carroll and those guys. He's familiar with that area. So I kind of thought maybe he would go there. So not necessarily like I don't think he'll do a bad job or anything like that, just more so of where he went. That kind of that kind of uh, had me scratching my head a bit. And I agree right there with you with Raheem Morris. Um I kind of, for a minute, I did see his name pop up a, a, a little bit, like in the in the coach's name there for for Atlanta, but I didn't think it would happen. Um, mm-hmm. I thought more so we would probably try to go with another offensive guy, get another offensive coach in there. Uh, so I was, you know, to be honest, he was probably maybe if I had like a top five list of coaches who I wanted to come to Atlanta, he was probably like four. On my list, Mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking maybe, you know, Ben Johnson um, out in Detroit, uh, Slovak down in Houston. uh, If Callahan was still available, maybe Callahan. But, you know, by that time, he you know, he he, he was gone. So at that point, he he went up he went up to three. So it was just kind of like, you know, there was other guys in front of him that I thought maybe we would look at. Uh, But after it happened, I was like, okay. Cool, I, I can rock with this, you know, just because of, like you said, yeah, having a, having a, 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 the first black coach down there in Atlanta, I think that's great. Like you said, just the way that uh, other coaches give Raheem Morris praise. I mean, we're talking about, and we're talking about Super Bowl winning head coaches, Mike Tomlin, Sean McVay. Uh, I mean, the GM, even herself, uh, uh, Les Snead uh, down in, in L.A. gave him plenty of praise. Kyle Shanahan, like literally, I mean, play, and then, then we're talking about the players, like all pro players, right? Jalen Ramsey, uh, right? You know, all type of guys who's giving him like praise, saying that pretty much he's been overdue for another head coaching job. And and I know a lot of people want to look at the the the, the win-loss record and want to say, you know, whatever – and 
Well, he didn't do that well in Tampa Bay. Okay, y'all, let's just let's just be real here, right? Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has been outside of Gruden and their yeah. in their in their earlier years with the first McKay's. What coach has done well in Tampa Bay? Outside of outside of Gruden, and then you add in BA, you add in Bruce Arians yeah. because of the of the Super Bowl ring, right? Okay, whatever. What other coach has done well in Tampa Bay during that time? Tony Dungy, okay. They they got they got a few of them here and there, but they just come on, y'all. It, it was it was Tampa Bay. That was fifteen years ago. Like, and and he did something. Even though his overall record is a losing record, he did something that Arthur Smith didn't do: get a winning record in one of those seasons. They went ten and six in one of his in his second year and just missed the playoffs. My problem was. Everyone, and I'm sorry, I'm about to get on the soapbox here. My problem was people moving the goalposts, okay? Literally, before Bill Belichick went on this crazy run while he was here, while he was there in New England, his record as a head coach in Cleveland was under 500, okay? You want you want to talk about that? You want to, you want to talk about that? Then you want to talk about why we didn't go get Bill Belichick and everything like that. Well, the problem was, was he wanted full control over everything. Big Art was like, no, sir, you ain't having that. <laughs> we, I can't We're let you do that. that. You know, and on top of that, you want to compare Raheem Moore's overall record for the three seasons that he's coached, plus the interim year that he coached there in 2020 with us. And you look at the last three or four years that Bill Belichick has coached, the records ain't that too far off. So, if we're doing that, and you want to talk about, and then you want to get upset about having a guy who, we, we, we talking about a guy who's previously had a had a head coaching job, and then who has been coordinators on both sides of the ball, position coaches on both sides of the ball, has something that we ain't got, and that is a Super Bowl ring. Okay, I don't, I don't care what what the numbers look like the past couple of years or whatever, or how the defensive numbers ranked up for the Rams. He got some we ain't got. Okay, like when my family have they conversations about their teams and Super Bowl championships, I have to be quiet. Okay, they it's like they at the grown folks table, I'm at the kitty table. <laughs> I can't say nothing. That's that's what you what what your grandma needs to tell you. But you gotta walk out the room. Grown folks talking, baby. Grown, grown folks, folks talking. Grown folks talking. <laughs> that's how it is when it comes to that. I. I like what are we doing? And I'm like the whole league is praising this move, and then you got a group of fans that are sitting there like, "Well, his record in Tampa Bay was terrible. Why would we bring in the coach that was already there before when he was an interim?" So uh, 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 a coach who was a previous coach can't get another chance to go coach again after being a coordinator for pretty much. Fifteen years later, like yeah. <laughs> also, like, too, like, what is what has Bill what has Bill done in the last couple of years that excites you, especially in the situation that we're in, where we don't know who our quarterback is going to be, we don't know what our what we're going to do with, with some of these weapons. Like we have a big, big, big problem at quarterback right now, and Bill Belichick has had the same issue since Tom Brady has left. Exactly, and he, ain't figured, and he ain't figured it out neither. And he's been the GM and the head coach 
So exactly. we're going to go and get the dude who's had, who's had the same problem that we've had the last three years. We're trying to figure out who the quarterback is. So people people that have gone, people that have, have that, I, I really don't have anything. I really don't have too much to say for real. I mean, yeah. if you wanted him, that's cool. But Bill was, how much longer was Bill going to coach? Who was he right. going to bring in? He hasn't. Right. They, they, they hasn't well, who's the last player that Bill Belichick has drafted that's really, really panned out? And and that, and that was another thing that scared me about Bill. Not necessarily him as the coach, but who he was going to bring in as far as coordinators. Yeah, because I, I I don't know I don't know if I could have st- stood him, <laughs> Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia or something. I'm gonna like tell, so, tell you something right now. If they had hired him and those and those the coordinators, I'm gonna go on. Be honest with you, bro. We had to go and make a trip to Flowery Branch because I ain't doing that. We, what? What, bro? We've bro. seen we've seen that song and dance. Unless unless we're gonna get. Tom Brady from from ten years ago reincarnated coming in this thing? No sir, no sir. You have you it. have me all the way messed up. Bent. What do you say? Not on duty. Not bent. On duty. Bent. I'm telling you, bent. Bent, bro, for sure. So that like I'm like that's crazy to me that y'all are like moving the goalposts like this for this guy and wanting to sit up here and claim y'all just clamoring about how we y'all tired of hiring guys who don't have any coaching experience that's just being OCs or coordinators or DCs and now we bring in a guy who has been a coach and you're like I don't know about this one what like what are you talking about bro this 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 is what you do right okay because look he he now the big key was was who we, who he was gonna bring in for his coordinators, and for sure. he was able, he was able to get Zach Robinson to come in to be the OC. I think mm-hmm. that's great. I think that's great. Now I feel a lot better about our weapons. So of course, obviously, the main thing you want to do is we got to address the quarterback position. What what route do you want to take? Are you willing to want to try to see if you want to trade for a Justin Fields? To for me, he is it's not number one on my list. But he is the only viable quarterback that I am wanting to have a deal for. I don't want to see Kirk Cousins. I don't want to see Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. Mm-hmm. I'm cool on that. He's the only one. If we if we decide to make a trade for him, I'm fine with that. I'm not a fan of it as far as number one, but that's okay. Let's go. I say go find a young gun, whether that is do you want to trade up to one for Caleb Williams or do you want to trade up to – Three for Jaden Daniels, if you think they'll be mm-hmm. gone by then, or do you wait to see if maybe one of those guys fall to you at eight? I, you know, I I don't know. Here's the thing, right? You that's that's the, that's the thing with quarterback, right? Well, before you even get to the draft, let's just think about the offseason in general and free agency money. We probably need we got we probably need to cut some guys to free up some more cap space, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, and a couple of those guys, I hate that we may cut, but it is what it is. And then on top of that, we go into free agency, right? Okay, Def, Texas, and the Falcons needing to find a pass rusher. You know we got to, <laughs> you know we got to find us a pass rusher. So let's be on the lookout for that. We need a wide receiver too, because we, we we know Drake is we know Drake is a one. We know Drake London is a one. Now you got to find a wide receiver too and a couple more wide receivers and to figure out what we want to do with that before we can even think about the draft and the quarterback and what we gonna do. So. There's a lot of <laughs> we got some pieces there, but then there's a lot of things there that we gotta address 
and I think I think I think Coach Coach Heem is gonna do a good job with it, bro. I think he's gonna be fine. He and I think he's learned from being a, a, a yeah, head coach yeah. in the past. And the way that he's got the the staff assembled, from what I'm hearing, is pretty much he's gonna be hands off. He's gonna let them guys do what they got to do, and he's just gonna focus on head coaching things. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm cool with that. That's that's my soapbox for that. I just had to get that off my chest. There it is. Uh, kind of weird that obviously uh, Bill Belichick nor Mike Drabel ends up getting mm-hmm. any of these head coaching jobs. Uh, so that's kind of strange. But yeah, man, that's 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 what's going on over there in the NFL. Uh, well, do you think that was kind of strange that any neither one of them got like? I mean, Bill only got the interview with. Atlanta. I don't think he interviewed nobody else. Yeah, um, I can't remember. And I think he might have thought that he was going to get that one. I am surprised yeah. that Fabro didn't, didn't find anything. I'm not kind of surprised, surprised that Fabro, excuse me, Fabro didn't get anything. But I mean, you got a lot of these, these upcoming coordinators, man. And Mike McDaniels, the, well, Mike McDonald, excuse me, Mike McDonald, and, and Dan Quinn, Callahan. Like, you got a lot of these dudes. Um, and we, everybody kind of figured, with the whole thing with Harbaugh, everybody figured that Jim Harbaugh was gonna get that job in LA. So everybody knew like, that was that was that was done for. That's that's a done deal. Only um, one I could think of, all I think one could have got was maybe the Raiders' job if they didn't hold on to Antonio Pierce. Right. But I mean, you got these guys, man. I, I think he'll give him a shot. I think Bill, man, is kind. I think he's kind of. He might get another one, but he might be, I don't want to say past his prime, but I think these organizations are kind of like, yeah, man, like, I think we're we good. Yeah, I'm good. These guys, these young cats don't want to don't want to listen to that. They're not trying to, you know, the way he runs things and stuff like that. They're not, they're not trying to do that. They're not trying to do that. It was cool when it was working and you were winning Super Bowls, and now you're not. And now you're not. So. Right. Yeah, I don't interesting to see. I honestly, I think both of them will find a way to get another job here. Maybe come the the the, the next season afterwards. Just I guess it depends on what becomes available for him and everything mm-hmm. like that. But um, yeah, that's what's going on over there in the NFL, man. Now we shift over into uh, the NBA. Uh, All Star Weekend is coming up. It's in pretty much in two weeks. <laughs> Two two weeks here coming up pretty soon. Uh, last week we found out who the starters were uh, out in the East. You had Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, and Damian Lillard. Those are your starters out in the East. Um, out in the West, there was, of course, again, for the 20th time, <laughs> LeBron James, uh, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, uh, Luka Doncic, and, and Say Gilgis Alexander all making – uh, the starters, and then today we found out who uh, what the, the reserves were. Um, mm-hmm. So out in the East, we got three guys. First time making an All Star, uh, making an All Star team, and congratulations to them: um, Jalen Brunson of the New York Knicks, uh, Tyrese Maxey from the Philadelphia 76ers, and from the Orlando Magic, <laughs> Pablo Pablo Banquero. Mm-hmm. Man, he a mm-hmm. I can't stand him because he went to Duke, but that's a Hooper. That's a Hooper for sure. <laughs> Um, rounding out the reserves for the East, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Jalen Brown, Julie, Julius Randle, and Bam Adebayo. And then out West, um, you got pretty much your usuals, right? Uh, Steph Curry, 
Anthony Davis, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Devin Booker makes an all-star team again. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns makes an all-star team. And then the, the young gun, pretty, probably much the youngest out of everybody probably on that list, <laughs> Anthony Edwards making his second all-star. So obviously, um, unfortunately, <laughs> with the all-star game, they only do 12 instead of 15. Um, so, of course, some guys are going to get left out. Um <laughs> To me, I think your your two biggest snubs it has to be DeAndre Fox, De'Aaron Fox. I'm sorry, De'Aaron Fox and and, and Trey Young. I'm 27 and 10, and you don't make an insane. Now, granted, we know that Embiid is hurt. I think Julius Randle is hurt too as well. So there's going to be some mm-hmm. injury injury exceptions to where those guys get in. But to not initially initially put Trey Young in. How? <laughs> there have been two. There have been three instances where a player has averaged twenty five points and ten assists and didn't make an All Star team. Two times has been Trey Young. That's insane. Twenty twenty two, he averaged twenty six and ten on forty three percent shooting and did not make an All Star team. And this year he's averaging 27 and almost 11, 20, 10 and 10.9, 27 and 10 on 43% shooting. He did not make the all-star team. And then on the other side, this the Kings are a top six seed. They didn't have anybody. And De'Aaron Fox did not make it. Those two right there, I, 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 I get it because it's only 12. It's not 15. Trey Young should be on the all-star team. <laughs> and De'Aaron Fox should be on the all-star team. Now, I'm not going to go back and forth. Yo, you know, you guys can debate, well, who should they, you know, who should, who should they be in for? You know, who should they replace? I'm not, I'm not going to go back and forth on that. I'm not going to go back and forth on that. But I think both of those dudes should be all-stars. I'm happy that Anthony Edwards definitely got the night. I'm happy that he got the nod. I think that he definitely deserved to be a star. To be honest, I think he could have been a starter. But that's that's, that's just me, um, especially for what they've been doing and how he's been balling. He is definitely the catalyst for that for that team up in Minneapolis. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't know what else you got to do. I mean, 2017 is tough. 2017 tough. is tough. So tough. I, I, I hate it, man. I know the Hawks ain't really, you know, doing too hard right now, but shoot, neither of the Lakers. Neither and they got Lakers. two. And they got two. And they got two guys. So, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know their record. I mean, I think Pablo, I think he deserves it. Not saying that Trey should be in for him, but I don't know what their record is, you know, what they're doing. Now, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken with them, I believe they're in the top. Uh, seven or eight or so right now in the in the, in the, in the, in the playoffs. Hawks, so Hawks aren't doing. Yeah, this shouldn't be based upon you know, and I don't think it is, but it shouldn't be based upon you know your, your the overall team success, man. Like if you ball, you ball. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, I think uh, the media and everybody they they learned they lesson with doing that, just trying to reward teams with because of their record, uh, having so many guys you know on on the All Star team. But because I mean, Minnesota could easily technically have three. I mean, Rudy Gobert's having a pretty decent year too, right? Uh, but it's crazy. It's just like the Kings, like you said, sitting up there in the in the top five, sitting fifth in the West right now. No all stars. That's to me is insane to me, right? Like you couldn't get okay if you couldn't get Sabonis, I get it, but no De'Aaron Fox to me is just crazy, right? I mean, you you can make a case for Brandon Ingram. He's he's having a, a, a heck of a year again this year. The fact that of course he's pretty much doing it with no Zion consistently out there on the floor. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, so many other guys, but I'm with you, right? Who would you take out? I don't know. That's up for debate because I can't say that nobody that we named on here isn't deserving of being named an all-star. You know what I mean? But, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's not an easy, it's not an easy position to be in to, 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 to vote for, to vote on it and to get them in because, I mean, you got to think just four or five years ago, Five six years ago, we year in and year out, we're like the way we talking about Trey Young right now is how we was talking about Devin Booker. It's just like goodness, like bro, we got to get him in the All Star game. But it was just like Phoenix what else is so bad, to do, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, but Phoenix is so bad, and there's so many other guards that's, that's there too. Like, what can you do? Um, but I mean, that's that man, and uh, of course, the format this year is going back to East versus West, so which I like. I like that, that that's that's that that should be fun for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen the jerseys, the All Star jerseys yet? They they've already mm-hmm. come out with the design for them. So I think it's mm-hmm. kind of a. Uh, Let me see. I, think, I, I don't know who which one is going to be which, but one of them kind of has like that old uh, Hoosiers. Kind of color feel to it that Indiana uh, normally has, but as far as our throwback, and I think the other one is kind of similar to like their current colors um, that they got, if I'm not mistaken, um, and everything like that. So I think I think I think they're uh, no, there's some I think there's some pretty decent um, some pretty decent jerseys for sure, uh, but. They uh, I, I think those are colors from. I think one of them had a set where it was kind of like the old that old throwback Hoosiers um color that they were looking for. Uh, that they that the, the Pacers wear like as a throwback every now and again. I think the other color oh, is blue and white. Yeah, stripe, and then the pin stripe tag down. Yeah, right, 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 right. So I think it's a. Uh, some some pretty decent things. Found out that the 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 basketball go that they got in the airport, the the rim is covered. Yeah, Smart. Smart. yeah, okay. yeah. Makes a lot of sense now. So it's just kind of there for aesthetics. <laughs> unfortunately, can't nobody just guard there and just try so to hoop on it. Hooping for real, okay. Tough. That yeah. Sense. I was like, dang, man, that would have been nice, though. It would have been nice to see if anybody was trying to go in there and try to hoop in there for sure. But, okay. But, uh, man, up. yeah, for sure. But congratulations to, to everybody named to the All-Star team. Uh, can't wait. NBA All-Star weekend in two weeks. The All-Star game, I believe it's uh, February the 18th. Uh, that's a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, February 18th. Um, 
of course, you know, All-Star Saturday night on the 17th there. Um, don't know if you heard about this, but apparently there's going to be a three-point competition between Steph Curry and Sabrina Ayescu, like right after when the regular three-point competition is done and before the dunk contest. And she said, Sabrina said she's going to be shooting from NBA three. So they're not going to cut her. She's not going to cut no slack. She won't, she won't that type of smoke. So she, yeah, hey. She want that type of smoke. Hey, I ain't I, mad at it. Just know, just know who you going think, up against. I like, mean, I think she got range like that, though. I think she got the range for it. I think she got range. I'm just like, hey, this is Steph, Steph we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is Steph Curry. Yeah, like, this dude shoot threes while he sleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but, no, I said that that is exactly literally. But no, that is cool. I've seen that. I've seen that, that they're supposed to be doing that. I think that's cool. I think because she can shoot. I mean, she can shoot the ball for sure. Yeah, so I think that that's cool though. And I was wondering how they're going to do that. Like, is that like, like there's no way that's that's replacing the whole three point contest? Yeah, so they're so doing I, that after the fact. It's, it's okay. supposed to be. It's supposed to be after the three point contest is done and right before they get ready to start uh, the dunk contest. So I and guess you can kind of say who's, who's in the dunk contest. Uh, yeah, I haven't yet. heard. I don't think I've. Yeah, I don't think I've heard anything about that. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It might be time to. <laughs> It might they might have to do like what they did in the, what was that ninety nine two thousand might they might have to give it a break and and and, and figure something out here about this dunk contest man I don't know it just it, the last last going was sixteen with Levine and, and Aaron Gordon and there've been some good there've been some good performances but the last good one was sixteen Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine. And then you had, but then like after that, like Aaron Gordon got snubbed that last year. Like he well, got snubbed uh, that, that he got robbed that one year. I was about to say you, know you, didn't, you didn't you didn't like the uh, the the Aaron Gordon and him and Derrick Jones, uh, Derrick Jones Jr. It, that was well, good. Yeah, that's the year he got robbed. Yeah, but he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have lost. Like, that's yeah, that's, thing, that's like, yeah. Aaron that's Gordon shouldn't have lost that. So we've had some good performances, but it just hasn't. Yeah, I don't. Now McClung, like McClung did his thing last year, like that was cool. But if he like if if Philly didn't sign him, what were we gonna get? Yeah, if he was the like what, what yeah. were we gonna get? Like he he was the star of the show. So it, I hate it, man. Because fifteen and sixteen were really good. Both Zach Levine years, the year with Aaron Gordon and Derrick uh, Jones Jr. That year was good. Um, but. Since then, man, I don't know. It's just yeah, it's, it's been kind like of said, bad, man. It might be a yeah. Let's let's take a little something. Something they got. I don't know. They they gotta find somebody. They gotta find Ooh, some other guys just, better. Bro, one one of these years, bro, it's just gotta be just nothing but the stars, bro. I I, I get it. I get it. You know, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. you had the, the the young guns come in there and they, they can make a name for themselves. I get it, but bro, at the same time, like we gotta have a year where we're talking about where it's and. Ja, you know, I'm, I'm trying to yeah, think. Zion of, you know, to go do it, you know. Like yeah, man, like just, that, just yeah. A, man, and they don't even have to do nothing too creative or out of this world, bro. Because I feel like folks are gonna they're gonna be so starstruck with the fact that it's just like, oh, we got like the actual stars like in the dunk contest. In this dunk contest, how was you know back I mean? in the day? They used to do it. I mean, it was, it was like that back in the day, yeah, before we were really able to see it and, and watch it for real. Yeah, he had the Vince Carter's of the world, Tracy McGrady's of the world. Obviously, Michael Jordan's, Dominique Williams, Julius Irving. Like 
you had the dudes. The dudes was doing it. Kobe did it. Like, you had them boys out there doing yeah. it. Yeah, so, so I hear you. I don't know, man. Some some's gonna have to give. It is when when the fact that we get more excited for the three point contest than the dunk contest that, that that's troubling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah. troubling. But it is what it is with that. Can't wait for All Star Weekend to come. Is 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 on the way. Another thing that's on the way is the NBA trade deadline. It is officially one week away. <laughs> From from the trade deadline, mm-hmm. uh, we actually seen a trade go down today uh, between I believe Memphis and Houston. Memphis um, and Houston. Stephen Adams dealt the way to Houston for I think it was Victor Oladipo and a couple of draft picks or something like that. Two 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 second round picks. Yeah, I believe it was two second round picks. I think it was. I think it was two seconds somewhere around that. Like so, um, a lot of trades there. Uh, that, that trade there happening there and everything like that. So. Do you think there's a couple of teams that, as far as you know, contending teams or teams that's right down the bubble that you think should probably find a way to make another move or two to get themselves together here for the second half of the season? Yeah, I mean, you've heard teams, you've heard the Lakers, you've heard their name in a lot of different talks. I don't know if they're going to do anything, and I think that might be done and over with. That's just my opinion. Um, interesting. It would be interesting to see if a team. Like I don't know, I don't think Philly's gonna make a move, but like now with all this stuff with Joel and B, like what do they do? Do they yeah sit back? Do they try to do something? Like you know, I think everything's kind of contingent on his health, but I'll be interested to see what what Philly decides to do. Um, I've seen things about uh, teams like the Nets potentially trying to make moves. The Hawks have been and move teams have been calling the Hawks, whether it be about Dejounte Murray or Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, but the team that surprised me that I, I, I saw was potentially maybe the Clippers looking looking to maybe do something with a PJ Tucker. Um, hmm. I can't remember. It was PJ Tucker and another, and another guy. But potentially maybe making the move because those guys aren't really in that core rotation for them. Now they've been winning and they've been playing well. The Clippers have been hot. They've been the hottest team in basketball um, this past month. But they're not really in that rotation right now. So looking to see if maybe they can get some type of compensation for them. If what I read was if there's nothing there, then obviously they'll hold on to him. They'll keep PJ because they'll, you know, he's a, a good locker room guy, good defender, three and D guy. Like you, I don't, I couldn't see a team that wouldn't want PJ Tucker on their squad. I think he brings uh, definitely some, some good value to a, to a locker room, especially when you come into the playoffs. So the Clippers potentially making a move is definitely something that, that surprised me. But um, the team that everybody's been talking about is the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers. The Lakers are going to make a move. They're trying to do this, trying to do that. Um, you know, can they make a move to help get them over the hump in the West? So we'll see what the Lakers do. I think that's the move. And I and really, I, I say the Lakers because They'll mention Dejounte Murray, and I'm a Hawks fan, so trying to figure out like what that is, what that entails, what we get for Dejounte Murray, like all that, all that stuff. So that's the one for me that's that's been intriguing because it involves the Hawks. Yeah, of course. It's, I mean, it seems like year in and year out, the Lakers is always right in the center of this, trying to be in the in the trade talks around this mm-hmm. time of the year and everything like that. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, but I definitely agree with you with the Sixers. Um, 
I think just because of for sure the health of Joel Embiid, and it may not even necessarily be getting another big. It could be maybe trying to find another guard that could spill some minutes for uh, for Maxi a bit, so he's not pretty much mm-hmm. you know having to exert so much energy, you know, to to keep them afloat to run everything with with the offense, right? Uh, maybe even the Knicks see if they can make another move, find them another guard or anything like that. Uh, I even hear some talks maybe about seeing, like you said, Brooklyn. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. what they could get for possibly a Mikael Bridges if if he can get moved or anything like that. Uh, me personally, I would like to see from our, for OKC, I would like to see if they can try to see if they can find him like another big or two, see if they can make a little move, see if they can make a call up there to Chicago and what's the what's the action price for Andre Drummond? You know, what, what, what can we do for that? You know, something like that. Um, yeah, of course, the, the Lakers, it seemed like it's – Dejounte Murray a bus. I haven't heard them about anything else, but yeah, I I don't know. But personally, I would definitely like to see the Sixers see if they want to try to make a, another move somewhere for sure to be actively looking around, whether they be for another big to to help out with the extent of Joel Embiid's injury or to find another guard just to help spill minutes for for Maxi um, to kind of keep that floating along. Um, mm-hmm. Who, who you know? Who knows? But I mean, you know, the the, the phones is gonna be ringing. It's gonna be off the hook. Mm-hmm. You know, we're definitely gonna be looking to see uh, if who who's first to the punch of breaking the news is it gonna be Woj or is it gonna be Sam's? Uh, you know, <laughs> you know that's that's that that's um that's definitely gonna be fun to see about that. But um, definitely all the teams that are contenders probably gonna be doing the most shopping around, looking around to see. Uh, Sleeper team, maybe the books. I don't know what they might want to try to yeah. do. You know, I thought, of, I thought about them too. I thought about Milwaukee. I just don't. They're definitely now with the injury to Joel and B, especially if he's going to be out for the remainder of the year. They're definitely now. I think they're a top four team, regardless. I think with Joel and B being down, I think they might move into that top two range. Um, in the yeah. East, but yeah, that would be interesting to see if they decide to 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 do something. I think they would need some, you know, try to find some help on the defensive end of the of the floor because they need some help on defense. So um, I definitely thought about, I definitely thought about the Bucks and, and whether they would try to make a move or not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens here over these next seven days, pretty much, because um, the the phones are gonna be ringing, mm-hmm. uh, the the rumors are gonna keep coming as we get closer and closer. Uh, to to the time for today, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the time the cutoff time is three Eastern. It's either three or four Eastern, somewhere in that it's in probably, that time yeah. frame, where they mm-hmm. the, the 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 deadline is done for. So um, I don't know. It's it's always interesting to see what happens in the NBA trade deadline because it seems like it's it's a whole lot of movement that ends up happening with the end. It it affects it more than just now in the present, right? You this is you sometimes you're talking about draft picks and trades for two, three, four years down the road that they mm-hmm. <laughs> that they throw in there, man. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens uh with this trade deadline as it as we get uh closer and closer here to it mm-hmm. for sure. Man, we're getting ready here to wrap up another episode. Uh man, you got anything you want to say to the people? No, continue those resolutions now. We we in the month two. All the goals that you that you that you 
you set everything that you want to accomplish. We're we into we getting into the groove of, of 2024 now. Don't don't slack. Don't slack. Don't don't lose focus. Don't don't forget what you wanted to accomplish. Don't forget the goals that you set. Um, continue to have those goals in the back of your mind and strive to achieve those goals. Don't don't lose focus on those. That's my biggest message. That's my biggest message with us being a month in. Keep stay locked in. Stay locked in. Yeah, uh, same for me as well. Um, just con- continue to, to have that focus, that grind. Um, like I said, like I said in the beginning, January was a long month, <laughs> you know. So I, I know there's probably some times where you're just like, man, I don't know. But, you know, hey, look, you made it through. We're here in another month. Uh, con- continue to just pretty much chop that tree down, man. You know, mm-hmm. everything can't be done overnight. And quick, fast microwave is it's never always gonna happen like this. Some things take some yeah. time, man. So just just keep chopping it down, chop that wood down. Next thing you know, before you know it, you've been halfway through it, and it's about to get ready to fall over, and you've accomplished so so much stuff that you didn't even think that mm-hmm. you could 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 imagine could yourself imagine. to do, man, for sure. Um, man, continue to like and subscribe to the podcast on the YouTube channel. Um, Follow us on the Instagram. Follow us on the Twitter. Uh, we we had a I, I kind of saw it for sure definitely on on, the, on Twitter, but we had a lot of interaction over the weekend. <laughs> we had a lot of interaction over the weekend for sure for Championship Sunday, man. So that let, that lets me know folks was tuned in. They was locked in. I was waiting for stuff to get posted and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Wondering what we was gonna say, how reactions you know predictions and everything like that it was it was uh it was amazing to see we definitely appreciate that um man throughout the month of this month of february man try to you know read into some uh read into some black history facts that you may not know about you know not your bases mm-hmm. that we've we've been kind of somewhat taught before like in school man try to see something that maybe you know you never for real never knew about culture i man try to go see maybe like an art exhibit or something like that support 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 your people that's 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 pretty much where i'm where i'm getting at with that man for sure support your people um love black women cherish black women protect black women no means no no means no new months same same stipulations nothing has changed with that for sure uh all eyes is dotted all t's is crossed Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna leave it at that, man. Um, you know, like you know once, that day coming up too. Ooh. What we got? What we got? What two weeks? Yeah, about two weeks for that too. Listen, I'm 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 gonna I'm I'm say this. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna leave it at that, right? Um, celebrate it the way you want to celebrate it. Okay. If you if you into the big whole fancy dinner and you want to go out and you want to do all this and you know you want to go to the steakhouse and you want to pay if you feel me one hundred fifty dollars for the dinner and all that stuff like that cool but you know if you're a person like me to where all you need is a a, a a three for ten at Chili's you know oh man man in this episode man. Man, just a three for two. <laughs> you, you, you do that too. Now, look, don't, don't, now, look, now, don't, don't take a, don't take a like McDonald's or nothing like that. 
for me. Don't be like that. You know, now granted, you, you, know, you might as well, you might as well not even take it nowhere. Nah, I know that. everybody's situation is different, you know what I'm saying? But but on the real though, just enjoy each other's company. If you have a Valentine, you know what I'm saying? Uh I I have a I have a couple. I gotta send Mama Santa some stuff, so you know, everything like that. Gotta get gotta get her right too and everything like that. So man, y'all yeah, it's just Enjoy the day, man. Enjoy each other's company. You know, it ain't as if you're giving gifts, that's cool, but mm-hmm. it's more to it than that. So, you know, whatever. And I know some people don't like Valentine's Day, but, you know, for for a whole plethora of reasons. But that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you you everybody got a Valentine out here somewhere, whether that's your mom, grandma, aunt, sister, you know, whatever. whatever. You know, you got you got somebody out there you love, man. So it don't necessarily always got to be somebody that you have a whatever type of relationship that you want to call it there for. So it is what it is with that. But yeah, man, y'all y'all enjoy yourselves. Stay safe out here. Uh, Groundhog Day is tomorrow. Hopefully, we can figure out what's gonna go on for the rest of this time. Like, is it is it still gonna stay winter or is it over? Um, I think I think it's always wrong anyway. It really don't even matter. You know, but that's just that's just me though, you know. I don't know, man. Hell I'm out here worrying about a damn animal coming out of a damn hole to tell me how the weather gonna be. Kinda Well, you've been on it today, boy. <laughs> you've been on it today. Anyway. Even on it today, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you been on it. I'm Yo, here for man. it, my boy. I'm here for it. Keep talking your stuff. Hey, man. Hey, man. I ain't <laughs> talking hey. it, boy. Hey. I'm just saying. Damn. <laughs> I hear it. I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. We, we going to see, I guess. Gonna see. Know, see it is what it is. The, the, the days are starting to get longer a little bit. It's, the sun's starting to stay out a little bit longer. So, you know, that, that do let me know that we kind of getting closer back to being towards the spring here before you know it for sure, though. So, mm-hmm. y'all for real, stay safe out here, man. Uh, just, yeah, protect yourselves. Um, you know, stay bundled up if you cold somewhere, if, if, if it's however it's gonna be but yeah y'all stay safe out here man um like i said always continue to support us like and subscribe to the youtube channel to follow the socials and everything like that until the next time this has been another episode of the easy money sports podcast peace